What is up, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Valero Texas Open. I am your lovely co-host, Pat Perry, joined uh, by my tight jeans wearing, medium shirt wearing, fade looking whatever kind of hairstyle that is. Lovely co-host David Barnett. You know, tonight is the role reversal show, so mm. I am leading this ship. I am the captain of this ship now, and DB's just, I don't know, what are you going to do, DB, during the show? I'm just going to be here, drink, and, and throw some names out. It's going to, it's really freeing, actually. Very freeing. I said that leading into this, like, I don't have all these papers and ad reads and, you know, stuff to keep up with. I feel, I feel lighter, honestly. Dude, yeah, uh, is this what, what it feels like to be you? God, mm-hmm. uh, I'm actually doing something a little different tonight. You might be able to see it over my shoulder here, right somewhere. This is so awkward. Right there, I'm drinking a little uh, Woodford tonight, just straight Woodford. I'm 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 mm. gonna arrive at Planet Woodford tonight. Is what I'm thinking. Well, we're looking forward to that. But uh, first, I gotta say, we are brought to you by Fantasy National Golf Club. If you want a place to get all your stats for DraftKings for betting. For whatever it is you might want to do, you need to go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. You will get 20% off whether or not you're going to go monthly, you're going to go weekly, annually, however you want to pay. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. They got all your stats. They're going to, you know, we talk about checking boxes, DB. Okay. If you want some boxes to check, you got to figure out where you're going to check them. Okay. You got to go to fantasynational.com. They got all kinds of things. They got lineup builders. They got optimizers. You can build all kinds of models and stuff. I know you like to build models, DB. You don't mm-hmm. you don't admit to it, but you like to build some <laughs> models. But uh, if you go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, get your 20% off. They are a fantastic site. We go to their – they make my job easier, okay? As the lead host for the Tour Junkies, they make my job easier going to fantasynational.com. So, uh, yeah, DB. Big week last week. Let's talk about last week before we get into the Valero Texas Open. And I got to start with our boy, Joel Damon and his caddy, Gino, finally taking one down, getting a win. You know, I'm going to raise a glass to him. Little cheers for them. Just an incredible win. Now, pay no mind to the fact that I faded. Gino <laughs> or Joel. I, just, just pay no mind to that fact. And as a matter of fact, maybe I'm what helped uh, bring him through to a win. Um, but look, it was fantastic to see him win. Uh, Gino, you know, just everything that we've we've been through and, and seen with them is it was just awesome. Your thoughts, DB? Listen, I got pretty misty. I, I got pretty misty watching it. We have been um, honored to get to know both of them, primarily. Primarily Gino. We've got to know Gino a little more uh, and just love him to death. Love his wife to death. She's great. I've got to hang out with Joel's wife a little bit too, Lana, when we were tracking him on the golf course a couple years ago. She's fantastic. They're just great people. Joel's worked so hard and um, you could just see it. It was so much fun to watch. The little, the little giddy jump and the little, the little thing that he did when he, when he won and the tears. And then the end when his hat blew off and Gino comes, 
you know, from over the cliff holding the hat up in the air. It was just such a cool day. Now, I will say I was sweating the piss out of it the whole afternoon, and not because I had a bet on him. Thank you, Gino, for uh, hooking us up there. No, I didn't have a bet on Joel, but just wanted to see him win so bad. And it felt like from hole 12 until he finished, every full shot was going off the, off the reservation. I, I was like holding my breath. I stood up and watched most of the tournament, most of the back nine. I stood up. And every time he swung, I felt like he was letting go of the club with a hand. He was like, body language is bad. And I'm like, ah, what's going on? It just was such a sweat to watch him like pull through. But the conditions were tough. I mean, hitting into some really gnarly wind on Sunday. He hung in there. He had some great up and downs. Um, and man, you know, you can just tell a guy like Joel how loved he is on tour when you see all the players and caddies, you know, on Twitter giving him love. Um, it, it, was, it was fun. Fun fact. We actually were we were tweet we were texting with Fleener and Swedberg, and uh, I, I said, "Is anybody else sweating this right now?" And Fleener, who was getting off the plane from from uh, from where they were playing the WGC, said, "Yeah, I'm in the Nashville airport and just got flagged down by, you know, got flagged down by a lady whose luggage I, I walked off with because I'm not paying attention." Like everyone was in it, we were all in it, and it was so good to see. I'm I'm so excited for those boys. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, the just, you know, Joel mentioned how he just felt like he was on cruise control. I mean, he was what, three or four under through his first six yeah. or seven holes. Yeah. And then, you know, but it's hard to win on tour. It's not easy. Joel talked about that. Gino me mentioned that in the text with us, just how hard it is. Um, but golly, I mean, on 18, we just had a mention of this in the chat. Raphael oh, Campos, that, that missed putt. I cannot believe that putt did not go in. It defied I mean, physics. It did. It was it was almost as close. Actually, it was closer than like you remember the Kiz putt that almost went in on 18 at the players' championship where like he had a chance to win it. And that thing looked like it was going dead at the hole end and just died off at the end. But I mean, Campos's was even like I thought it was dead in the heart. He did too. He was literally about to give the biggest fist pump you've ever seen. And didn't happen for him. You know what? I learned a little bit more about Campos, though, in this in this tournament. You you know, he he seems like a great dude. As a matter of fact, yeah. I think it was a great pairing for Joel. Joel mentioned that. Yeah. That it was a good pairing for him. Uh, they're friends. Uh, I think Campos is well-liked on tour. He's just a good guy. And you could tell in his interview afterwards that he was <laughs> definitely happy for Joel. But he was... Uh, he was gutted, man, and that's golf for yeah. you. That's you know we see the good and the bad of that, but it, it was uh, just an incredible day for for Joel, and and so happy to see them. Uh, man, I was yeah, I was teary eyed myself. Yeah, um, got a little misty, and I don't get misty. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. Yeah. Now the opposite end of that. Don't care. We had the we had the WGC match play. Moving on. Okay. Don't care. I mean, did did anyone watch that? Like, I did, I watched none of it. As soon as as soon as Corrales came on, I was hooked. And when Corrales was on a commercial, I went I went to March Madness. Didn't even watch it. Didn't didn't care to watch it. Didn't watch it. Whatever. I actually did watch it, and the only reason was was because Scotty Scheffler was my one and done. Oh, and I've been nice. I've been actually on quite the roll lately nice. uh, with my one and done picks. I had Bryce, and that started with the Bryson win a few weeks ago. Um, I can't remember who I had. Oh, I had John Rahm at the Players had a nice finish. I had uh, Russell Henley at Honda Classic. Another he was top five or whatever there. 
And then Scotty Scheffler won over a million, by the way. Did you realize that if you finished second, you won 1.1 million in that tournament? Which is, which is double what Joel won, by the way. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> incredible. Joel won like 560, um, I think it was. 540 or 560. The match play just doesn't really do it for me, other than some of the drama we get. Like, we had the Kevin Nod DJ thing. Uh, we could talk about that if we wanted DJ, to. DJ, I can't believe your wiener's that long. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, some of that kind of stuff I like, but other than that, the actual, you know, golf itself and everything. There's I mean, the Westwood Garcia drama. match that ended on an ace was pretty fun to watch. Okay, well, I don't mind the match play. I like the match play. I just, it definitely... I think, I don't know, it definitely loses its luster. It loses its pop a little bit. It's funny, like, even just that one extra day starts to get, it just starts to get old. And then when you lose some of the names that you lost in it, when one player out of the top 16 made it through and John Rahm, every other uh, favorite in each group missed it, that definitely put a damper on things. And that's obviously not what the tour wants to happen. Oh, yeah, wow. Not- well, oh, wow. you know what? Let's let's not make him wait because this is a little bit of a surprise because I didn't even tell DB that this was going to happen. Wow. I'm about to start uh, crying again, I, dude. But, but, uh, but I'm running the show tonight, so I brought in a little – I brought in a surprise. So, we're, hey, Sam, go ahead and bring in Gino. Bring in Gino for us. Gino! <laughs> hey, boys! Let's go! Gino! Hey, I think I'm st- – I'm still on Wi-Fi and I'm outside, so it might be a little sketchy if you if I start breaking up. I'll switch to the LTE. Tell me. Oh man, dude, so glad to see you. How are you? Has the uh, smile come off your face yet? Uh, I, say that again. Sorry. Has the smile left your face yet? No, not really. I mean, I probably got 90 minutes of sleep last night, and I woke up is so exhausted, and I was like, I don't even care. Who cares that I'm <laughs> tired? That doesn't matter uh it's been awesome every time i think about it like so just real quick like walking off 18t yesterday joe hit a really nice tee shot and uh, that holds the hardest hole and maybe stupidest hole in the world but uh um we're walking uh off the tee and joe goes are you nervous and i looked at him i was like no (laughs) i don't not at all, actually. I was like, you're playing great. I was like, I know you're going to hit a good shot here. And he goes, I am nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I was like, you're supposed to be nervous. Uh, I was like, that's what makes it fun. And uh, he, did hit a, he did hit a brilliant shot in there. Yeah. And I was completely calm. And then Rafa hit a great shot, which, yeah. you know, you don't really expect somebody to hit one to 15 feet from 200 yards into a 30-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> God. And I mean, it was, it was, he had a brilliant shot and Joel lagged up there to about two feet. And when Rafa hit his butt, uh. the, it, it was never missing. But uh, I guess before Rafa hit his butt, I don't know, something came over me and I started to like get choked up a little bit. And I was like, I got to pull it together because if Rafa makes this, you know, we're going back to the tee. And he hit his putt, did the putter raise thing. And I, I knew it was in, he was, it was never going to miss. And then somehow it missed. And I started crying right then, but even before Joel tapped it in. And uh, I, I was perfectly calm all day, never had any, any sort of really stress or emotion. And <laughs> there you can see me on 18. It's just, uh, it just kind of came out. Dude, 
Dude, I mean, well, for the listeners and viewers out there, I know this guy doesn't need any introduction, but we do have Gino Benelli, caddy for Joel Damon, surprise guest on the show tonight. Now, I got to ask you this. This is, a, this is a pressing question for me, because now we could get into some emotional stuff, which I do want to get into. But in one of those pictures, that picture that, that, that producer Sam just throw, threw up there, what is that y'all are drinking? Is that like an orange drink or something? No, like, it's, what, uh, it's just, uh, I think it's just a, like a Mexican beer. It's kind of like a Corona in a can or something. It's, uh, it's a really fun little can, though. Yeah, it's, it's very vibrant. Very vi- yeah, vibrant. It is. It's, it's uh, okay. a, nice, uh, a nice look. It needed a lime, to be honest with you. But uh, I drank a couple without, so. So the so the putt drop or or doesn't drop for Campos, and then you guys obviously had the victory. Now, was there any? Were, did, were you nervous that Joel actually might miss that putt? <laughs> like, well, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> normally I would be, but uh, something of something about just the moment, I knew it wasn't going to miss. I, like, I uh, this may sound weird, but I I felt like all day, like he was never not going to win. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that sounds weird, but, uh, it was, it was always his golf tournament from the day we, from the moment we started in the morning. Um, and then, you know, after the bogey on 14, it started to, to not look that way, but I still felt good about it. I, uh, I didn't want him to get down. I kind of slapped him in the chest. I was like, let's go. I was like, this is fun. You know, we're at that point, I think it was a three-way tie with, uh, and Campos both and uh I was like let's go hit a shot here on 15 because 15 is really the only birdie opportunity in those last four holes and he hit a great shot in there um didn't make the putt obviously but uh four bars in a row was good enough to do it can uh so uh, let me ask you this like Joel's talked a little bit about this and, and maybe some listeners have heard pieces of it, but Joel has somewhat downplayed winning on the PGA Tour. If you ask, like, if, even if you ask me, like, I think he's kind of downplayed it before in terms of, like, yeah, you know, I'm out here. I want to make money. Uh, I, I want to keep my card. I want to compete out here. But he seems like he's never really, as much as other guys, so relatively speaking, he's never, like, put all that on getting out there and winning, at least to the public. That yeah, that appears I, like it may have it, changed. In the last year, I would say he's been ready to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, last year at uh, the Art Hilton Head. I think he shot sixty four on Saturday, and uh, we were one off the lead going into Sunday. And uh, I, it was that point I felt like he was ready to win. He went to the golf course on Sunday thinking he was going to shoot another 64 and we were going to hoist that trophy. Now, granted we shot 77 or whatever and finished 70th place, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I've kind of felt like since then he's, he's been ready. Um, how how was the party last night? You know, it, uh, I wish I could, I mean, it it was great. You know, we, uh, I, we went, Joel took me back to my place. I just had an Airbnb for the week and I packed up all my stuff and he waited for me in the parking lot. Then we went to his place and I slept on their couch. We had a nice dinner and a few glasses of uh, bourbon, but uh, I spent most of the night on my phone returning text messages. Truthfully, I probably, I don't know how many I responded to. I tried to get to as many as I could, but I still have a bunch to go. Um, 
and then I went to I had to get on the charter and get up at like 5:30 this morning, get on the charter and come here. So I was kind of lame last night, but uh, I landed here this afternoon. I took a one-hour nap. I got up and I came down to a sports bar here in San Antonio and uh, ordered some nachos and uh, a dozen beers, and nice. that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so. Going back though to this this win for you, Gino. You know, talk just talk a little bit more about what it means to you. I know you've worked a, a lot to get to where you are. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just so proud of Joel. Like, I uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm excited for myself too. But um, the last couple years have been so easy. You know, he's made over I don't know two million a year for the last couple of years, and we, he's a cut making machine. Uh, he rarely misses cuts. Like I've always felt like his uh, C game is still good enough to finish 35th. And then this year, this calendar year, I should say, hasn't been the case. It's just been a little bit off. And, um, you know, missing six of seven this year and the only one we make at Pebble, I, I couldn't even believe we made the cut. I was like, how did we make the cut playing awful? <laughs> and I even told him that. I'm like, if this was a better field, we'd have missed the cut by four. And uh, so it does weigh on you a little bit when things start to go south. But I told him uh, the week of the players, he was hitting the ball so well. Uh, we were about to miss the cut. We're standing on the, the 18th hole on Friday afternoon. We're going to miss by two. And I was like, I looked at him. I was like, you're going to win this tournament someday. And you know, he missed and he was, he was pretty down because he was hitting the ball so well and putting so poorly. And I went to dinner by myself that night at Taco Bell. How sad is that? <laughs> yes. And I'm sitting at Taco Bell and I sent him a really long text. I was like, you're not going to want to hear this right now. Cause I know you're depressed and you're or feeling down or whatever. But I was like, I'm excited to go to the next tournament. I was like, I feel like you're playing really well right now, despite what you, your self image that you have whatever it may be with your putter, you know, cause we had 77 putts on Friday of players. Hmm. And, uh, I, I was, I, it sounds weird. I even said it to his coach. I was like, I'm genuinely excited to go Dominican Republic and play. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good week. And then, you know, I, I tweeted, I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, last Sunday, the text he sent me, he said, I'm good at golf again. Get ready. <laughs> yes. and, yeah. Uh, so freaking funny. I, I felt like from the start of the week, it was just kind of, our week and it played out that way well so kind of cool and you alluded to that i mean you texted us and basically were like guys if we don't if we if we don't win this i i'm i don't know what i'm i'm insane like you you knew yeah. it i can vouch for the fact that you felt good the entire week um, I, I really did you yeah. know we i i think i sent you guys a text too like and we had some some unfortunate stuff happen the ball landing on a sprinkler head on number eight and going <laughs> to hazard make double there and uh is, uh, I mean, uh, most players have unlucky uh, things happen like that throughout the week. So I can't say that didn't happen to anybody else. But uh, he was just kind of on cruise control. He played really good golf. and uh, Yeah, great week overall. Well, you know, we can't let you go, Gino, without uh, talking about the incredible save you made of the hat. Yes. Uh, yes. During the <laughs> during the, the trophy ceremony there and the pictures there. So tell, tell us about athleticism. that. I, well, I, I was just trying to stay out of their way. You know, he's doing his picture thing with his wife. 
and the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour like it had been for the fourth, fourth straight day in a row. And I saw it come off his head, and I'm holding that little blue can of beer. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that thing was going to go in the ocean unless somebody did something about it. And I'm the only guy there to do something about it. So I chased it down, and there's an, actually a bunker on the side of that green that dropped down about, oh, I don't know, 8 to 10 feet, I feel like. And had I not been holding the beer, I would have dove head first. <laughs> I actually contemplated it when I was holding the beer. And I was like, no, I got to go feet first because I didn't want to spill my beer. So I jumped off the, uh, the lip of the bunker down into the bottom there. And yeah, there's a, there's a video of it. <laughs> head first in there, Gino, you so, would have died. Hey, I, I did want to say proper goodbyes, Gino, but I, I, I think we have to ask you this. You're at the Valero. You're coming off. Yes. Joel's coming off his first big win, an emotional situation. We talk about this all the time on the show. Like, how does a player on their first win, like, if you talked about that for, with him this week, like, how's he going to approach the Valero? What do you think? Like, how exhausted are you guys just emotionally after doing that? Um, that's a good question. I, I think he's not going to do – uh, we might play – three holes tomorrow and hit seven golf balls (laughs) and we've got a nine hole pro-am on wednesday i yeah we're not gonna i bet we don't do uh we got the pro-am on wednesday and i imagine that uh we will come out and it'll be something stupid like we'll be four under through ten and probably in first place again on thursday (laughs) and then he'll look at the leaderboard and be like oh i'm leading and then it'll kind of fizzle and we're gonna finish 18th place this week hey okay you always uh-huh. talk about you always tweet something funny that joel said during the course of a tournament like what is there you got any gold from last week man that's uh that's a good one so i've been a little stagnant in that it's it's tough to post those yeah when things are things are going poorly yeah mm-hmm. um and it hasn't been uh hasn't been great lately but I uh, I don't know if there was any good specific quotes from this last week, but I don't know if you guys watched the coverage or not, but our dialogue on number 12 yes. was like, he wanted to hit three wood, and I don't know where he wanted to hit three wood to. Like, I just hated it. <laughs> Dude, my wife, who was paying zero attention, zero, was looking on her phone, like watching TikTok videos in the living room with me, and I'm standing in front of the TV. I stood in front of the TV and watched the entire back nine. And I had the volume up, and she and she looked up and goes, "Are they arguing?" And I was like, "Yes, they are." And then you were you were like you were like at one point you were just finally were like, "All right, well, just you tell me what you want to what do you want to hit?" <laughs> like, yeah. What? You, and he was like, "I just want to hit three wood in that bunker," and I'm still like, "No." And he goes, <laughs> "He goes. The only way hybrid's gonna get there is if I aim at the pin." I'm like, and hit like this smoke draw, and I'm like, "Well, then just aim it." five yards farther right and hit the smoke draw like if you want to avoid those bunkers like that wasn't uh, the one that he topped uh, that he like kind of topped out of the bunker was it that wasn't the same uh, shot was it no that uh that one was uh two holes later on 14 what do you say after that <laughs> not a whole there's not a lot you can say after yeah. a top bunker shot yeah yeah yeah. He, well, no, he did actually. He came out of the bunker. He goes, "Can I get, reach the green from there?" He did say that, <laughs> yeah. and I, I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna have like two ten, but it's into the wind. It's another hybrid, so we went driver hybrid hybrid, and it's par five. Sweet, but, uh, oh, man. 
No, it was uh, it was it was good enough. The the chippy hit on seventeen there. I thought it was going in the hole. Yeah. Oh yeah, he almost hit you in the head. Yeah, that. Uh, I I was actually really surprised of the of the play that Rafa took there because I wasn't really paying attention and his the, I just saw the ball come up to the front fringe and stop and I thought he putted it so then I looked and I saw he had a, like a very low lofted iron. Um, yeah. Trying to scoot it up there, I guess, but uh, that was that was the only mistake he made all day. He played uh, he played really solid. I was in, I was impressed with his game. He hit it hit it really nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he seems like a great dude. So Yeah, uh, we, we had a lot of fun with him. So I felt really bad when I hit him with the pin on 18. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, well, you know, it's in the heat. It's, it's an emotional moment. I was crying. Yeah, in my, I was I crying in my sleep. I didn't know I did that until today. I saw somebody posted it on Twitter. I think Ted Scott was like, you know, did they, did they do something to you? You know, I dropped the pin and whacked him with it so i went up and i apologized to the baggage claim today i was like i'm so sorry i had no idea that even happened <laughs> uh well gino we appreciate you giving us your time you're so gracious as always um we were incredibly excited we have always been and you know huge fans of yours and joel and so it was, it was a great moment for you guys and and we were glad to share it with you in a small way so we we appreciate you uh coming on tonight sort of last minute too yeah. no i you guys are the best i appreciate you as well and uh sorry i didn't uh tip you off to his ball striking a little earlier so we could have hammered that this week uh completely fine no, hey. no comment <laughs> <laughs> I, I, beers on me next time we run into each other liquor on you all right sounds good liquor on you all right <laughs> top bud. shelf top shelf you got her see you fellas see you gina yeah. yep Okay, so there you go. That was Gino Benelli, uh, caddy for PGA Tour winner Joel Damon. Um, a little technology, technical difficulties there, mm. so we might as well move on here. And you know what? DB, what do you got for the course breakdown? Oh, all right, all right, all right, for the course <laughs> breakdown. Um, okay, we are at the Oaks course at TPC San Antonio. It's a par 72, a little over 74 hunch. Greg Norman design got a little assist from old Sergio Garcia, the Sergio Garcia. Also designed the host course at OHL Mayakoba, which could be a corollary course if you want to take a look at that. Old Greg Norman did with his enormous schlong. It's been the host site here since uh, 2010. So going back to 2010, you can find TPC San Antonio on the Oaks course hosting the Valero Texas Open. It can be pretty demanding off the tee. Fairways are kind of tight, tree-lined. Rough can get kind of lengthy. So, you know, you look at past winners here, you got ball strikers, you got accuracy kind of players, not a lot of bombers here. There's really hardly any bombers here have won here in the past. So just total driving kind of guy. Approach play is important. Greens are pretty undulating with a lot of different tiers on them. So, you know, being on the right levels here, right, right, um, you know, uh, tier of the green that, that you can, you know, have a putt at it. There's also a lot of slope. So if you miss the green, there's a lot of runoffs. That happens. It sucks. You got to mm. be able to get up and down. Dwarf Bermuda, it's a little overseeded with some POA at this point of the year, so everybody's going to be freaking out about that. I don't care. I'm not looking at putting. I'm not looking at it. I don't care. So uh, there you go. Greens and regulation here, pretty tough to do. One of the top 10, maybe 15 toughest courses on the PGA Tour to hit a green in regulation, uh, and it can be uh, you know difficult if the wind is the, de is the defense here in Texas, as we all know. But I will say in the last two years, 2018 and 2019, since we missed it last year due to the Rona, 
it did seem to play a little easier. You had Andrew Landry won here in 2017 or 2018 at 17 under. Corey Connors won here in 2019 after Monday qualifying, got in, won here in 2019 at 20 under, and then went to the Masters. And then me and Pat saw him at a restaurant and spoke to him. Um, yeah, four of the last four winners through 2019 were not already in the Masters. That's something else that we like to look at, obviously, this time of year. You got some guys who are tuning up for Augusta next week. You got some folks who are looking for the last chance to get in. The, the last player in the Masters field is going to be the winner of this event if they're not already in the Masters. You need to know that. There's no other way in it. You can finish runner-up. If you finish runner-up and the guy who wins is already in the Masters, you still don't get in. You have to win this golf tournament as someone not in the Masters already to come to Augusta, take the charter to Augusta, and play in the Masters. Your past champs, like I said, Corey Connors is your defending champ from 2019 at 20 under. Andrew Landry, Kevin Chappell making an appearance this, this week as well. Charlie Hoffman also in the field. Jimmy Walker. Our boy Baldo won this event in 2014. Good old Baldo. Martin Laird's oh, in the Baldo. field. He's a past champ. Ben Curtis is in the field as a past champ. Brendan Steele's in the field as a past champ. So uh, there you go. Uh, and in terms of like looking at, well, you guess I mean, some... dear Lord, did, 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 uh, did I mean, who won this event in, in, in 1988? Well, I'm naming, TV? I'm naming you... names who are relevant to the field. I, I'm letting the people know that there are past champs in the field. And there happens to be a lot of them. They're all in the field over the last 10 years, except for Baldo and Adam Scott. So there you go. A okay. couple Aussies right, right there. Did too, you happen way. to mention? Did you happen to mention that the last two winners here were two hundred to one? I was about to get into the that. odds. Yes, there's some bombs here for sure. Yeah. So there yeah, you go. That's there are. Breakdown. And I think uh, Baldo was like three fifty to one when he, he was won here. Long. So uh, I feel like that was a good course breakdown. DB, you did a good job there. I don't know if you missed too many things. Um, oh, I so didn't miss any, I didn't miss yeah, anything. I think I don't know if you talked about the weather too much, but I do think it's going to be pretty windy this week. So this that could windy. be a key factor on this course. So that's something to look out for. But that's a great course breakdown. You know what else is great? Have you ever seen? Actually, yeah, Corey Pavin won here in 1988. So, thank you, uh, producer, <laughs> producer Sam. But you know, we need to talk about my friends at Tranner Gray. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I need to tell you people about these people. Okay. <laughs> Look, if you're in need of some high quality video production, maybe for a business you own, you know, a major a pr- project you're a part of, or something. Okay. Our friends at Tranner Gray have filmed a bunch of content for us, and lately. We used them on something special we're working on. Actually, very special. I've seen the previews of this, and it is quite incredible, okay? Um, It's even, and I'll just say this, all the rage these days with investors. We'll put it that way. But anyway, what? You think people are, what? You've said too much, but okay. Oh, I did? Anyway, um, these guys know what to do. They're doing it all over the world. They'll come to you. So you know what? You don't just have to be based where they are you they'll go all over the place okay they work with fortune 500 companies making promotional videos to help you represent your brand we've personally seen their work as i've mentioned uh especially with athletic apparel like companies like no bull okay they've also worked with bill murray bill murray at the world golf hall of fame and his production for his caddyshack event if your company does any type of video production i guarantee you these guys deliver an exceptional product every time for you. Check it out on their site, Trantor Gray, 
Tranter.com. That's Tranter Gray, T-R-A-N-T-E-R-G-R-E-Y.com. And see how they can help you. You know, just when I thought Pat couldn't get any louder, he now that he's hosting, he's actually louder. He's louder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, go check out our friends at TranterGray.com. Let's get into the picks tonight, DB. We got to move it because... Uh, you know, it's good to have Gino on, but that took a little time. Yeah, so um, we're going to start with the 9K range, as we always do. And the 9K range starts down at Matt Kuchar at 9,000, going all the way up to now Tony Fino. It was Dustin Johnson, but he has withdrawn from the event. So that is something to take note of. Dustin Johnson has withdrawn. So, DB, I'm going to let you start. Uh, who are your three GPP plays and your fade this week in the 9K range? Yep, so I am looking to be a pretty balanced lineup builder in terms of DFS this week. I, I'm sure that's probably going to be the case for most folks. So, you know, obviously paying attention to your ownership leverage at some point is going to be important. Uh, but I just, I'm not going to pay up for a lot of the top part of this field. I considered paying up for Jordan Spieth. Um, may still, depends, I don't know. But for now, I'm liking Corey Connors at 9,500. Give me the defending champ. Give me the ball striking guy who's still playing really, really well. Um, I don't care about what he did in WGC play, match play. Don't care one bit. Uh, I think it's a great, great spot for him. A lot of good vibes. Sets up perfect for him. That's why he won here. So love that. I'm going to play the guy right below him at 9,400 with Ryan Palmer, the ball striking Texan who's had a fantastic year on the PGA Tour. I think he's more confident than ever. I think he could come into an event like this ready to win um, and, and, you know, and get that dub that he's, he's been looking for outside of the Zurich with John Rom. Now, both of those guys are already in the field for Augusta, but, um, but I like, I think both of them are going to come in here ready to go. And then right below them, Cameron Tringali at 9,300. So those three in a row for me is where I'm going. Tringali's number one in this field over the last 24 rounds in strokes gain approach. He's checking the box off the tee. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he's incredible right now. He's, he's killing it. He's just ball striking himself to death and everybody else, and I, I just love it. He's got a good, solid, you know, solid year last year here, or 2019, whatever, finished T17. Uh, missed the cut before that. He's got plenty of experience around here. I don't know that this is necessarily a course where course history is, you know, a must, but the way he's playing right now, the way he's hitting the ball, I love it, and I like the, you know, I like the more balanced build. My fade in this area is easily going to be Matt Kuchar at 9,000. There's no way I'm playing Kuch. No way I'm buying the price increase, the bump, after him making it through match play by some God knows how. I don't understand what happened to him. He's totally sucked all year, and he gets to match just play. match play. It's match play. He's always been a good match play. I, mean, I the, get the, that. He won the U.S. amateur. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, it was, it was like so dominant. It wasn't even like he was like barely, it wasn't like he was barely beating people. He was crushing people. Like he was freaking. Well, he was, but still like people, like if you notice like they're, even like, I mean, did he, Scotty Scheffler in the championship match, I don't even think he had a birdie. Like, some, it just, sometimes it just doesn't matter, like, how, how well you're scoring. It's just, yeah, I, you know, it you're, was, and he was in a tough group to me. I mean, he was in there with JT, Kisner, and, and Spieth? No. Anyway, it was in a tough group. It was in a pretty tough group. So, I don't know. It was, I, I'm, not, I'm not paying up for Kuchar after we've been seeing him in, like, low sevens. I'm not doing that. So I don't mind that. All right, so you said Connors and you said Tringali. Who was your Palmer. other GPP play? Palmer. Ryan Palmer. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Um, I'm going to start with Jordan Spieth. I like playing yep. Spieth this week at 10-7. You know, we've seen him continue to have good form. I thought he 
really should have. Was it him that played Cooch and didn't make it through to the out of the group? Jordan? Maybe it was Jordan. Yeah. What? It was a tough group. Yeah, I think it was Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like Jordan should have won that group and uh, gotten out of there. He played well. So, again, I like Jordan at 10-7. You know, he's just been gearing up for the Masters. I mean, look, now what does worry me, I do think you do need to be pretty accurate off the tee here. Um, but I'm still okay with his ball striking, his approach game right now. He's obviously been putting it incredible, so I like the way they're going to have these greens running quick and undulating. Um, so I like Jordan Spieth at 10-7. I'm also with you on Corey Connors at 9,500 for all the reasons that you said. I think that uh, he is a great play again this week. And then I'm gotta go, I got to go with my boy Charlie Hoffman. I'm not going to sing the song, okay? I'm not going to sing the Charlie Hoffman song because I feel like it's getting a little bit overplayed. And uh, if you haven't heard it, Where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? Where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? He's 9,200 this week. And I'm still going to play him. I like his form. You look at his stats. He definitely checks all the boxes this week uh, for this course. Uh, he is third in the field in ball striking, number one in strokes gained approach, 21st off the tee. And he is also in the top 40 in par five scoring. So I like Charlie Hoffman. My fate is going to be Tony Fino. Now, let me give you one major reason that I'm going to fade Tony Fino. Is that. There's a possibility that he could win, just like Joel Damon won after I faded him. And so I might have to put a bet, bet on Tony Finau, just, although I don't like his odds. I will say that. His odds are too short, but I would love to see Finau win in general. But I don't think there's a whole lot of upside from Finau at 11,000 in this field. I will not play Finau. He will be the fade this week. Okay. DB, you have a weird face right now. You got a weird look on your face, and I don't like it. Who did you pick? Uh, I quit paying attention. I was texting. I like to text. When yeah, I noticed you were texting. I was like, "What? what's going on here? We got things that we're trying to do. We're doing a show. This is the Valero Texas Open Show for the Tour Junkies podcast. Oh, sorry, I'm going to text. Brought to you by Fantasy National Golf Club, Tranter Gray, and other people, and you're still texting. But my right. picks were ben Jordan Speed. Ben Little's texting us. Sorry, and I'm just okay, I don't I'm really playing the care. role of Pat tonight, so I'm checking out while you're. I don't really things. care about uh, him. My picks were. I didn't. I don't need to hear your picks. That's okay. Let's just move on. Okay. Well, then I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, let's go to the 8K range. We got. A, we got a short range here, as always. Starting down with Sam Burns. Excuse me, Aaron Wise at 8,000, all the way up to Siwoo Kim at 8,900, and I'm going to start us off here, and I'm starting us off with Siwoo Kim. I like Siwoo Kim this week at 8,900. I am going to play him. You look at his ball striking. He is 13th in the field. He is 10th in the field in strokes gained approach. 27th in greens and regulation. Also top 10 in par 5 scoring. Now, one of the things you always talk about, DB, is that Siwoo plays well when Siwoo wants to play well. Well, he's in Texas, okay? And I feel like Siwoo's had some good times in Texas. Yeah. Um, We've heard some stories. We've heard some stories that he likes He likes Texas for a lot of reasons. God bless Texas with his own hands. So maybe that means he'll play well. Um, but he also has a good history here. He finished T4 last year, uh, top 25 this tournament back in 2017. Uh, has been playing pretty well recently when you look at, well, his last tournament, top 10 at the players. He was in a tough group, I thought, for the WGC match play. 
but I do like Siwoo this week at 8,900. My next play is going to be down at the bottom. The guy that really had a good shot, I think, to win the Honda Classic, but just totally effed up several holes. And that is Aaron Wise at 8,000. He did finish 13th at the Honda Classic, T65 at the players. Now, DB, you can't make that reaction. You can't do that. Why not? You can't, you can't make the reaction of, ugh, ugh, why would you play that guy? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because I'm playing your role tonight. <laughs> so you can't even, oh, yeah, you're I'm, not I'm even sorry, allowed I'm to make to, that I'm reaction. I'm supposed to be like doing this like I'm, like, I'm, like I'm not texting, but I am, and not, yeah. not even knowing who you picked. So you okay. You can't even, yeah, you didn't even know that I just picked Aaron Wise. Basically, you had no clue that that's who I picked. Okay. So, I did just pick Aaron Wise, and I will play him in your GPP lineups. And then my fade is going to be, guess what, you're not going to listen to this one either. Cam Davis, fading Cam Davis at 8,800. Look, what have you done for me lately? Nothing. Okay, besides the T33 at the Honda. Two cuts missed before that at the Players and the Arnold Palmer on very difficult golf courses. And I think this golf course is going to play pretty difficult for these guys, even though they can score out here. I do think it's still difficult and I'm going to play. I'm not going to play Cam Davis, not going to play him. Don't like him. He missed the cut. His only time playing here before Um, stats. Very good. Other than driving accuracy. He is 121st in the field of driving accuracy. But other than that, accuracy, not bad. Accuracy. Accuracy. Okay. All right. you're, not, you're not allowed to make fun of my accuracy. of that either. Okay. okay. I am going to give you my two plays. I'm going to pick Chris Kirk again, 8,600. I'm going to keep riding the Kirk train. I'm all aboard. He's checking the box. He, his irons are great. Off the tee is solid. Around the green is one of the best in the field. And he's got some magic here. In the last five years, two eighth-place finishes, a 13th-place finish. Uh, he's coming off a top 25 at the Honda. T8 just a few weeks ago at the Arnold Palmer. I love where Chris Kirk game is at, where his head is at, the confidence level, the ball striking. It's all there. He's the total package. I think he's a good value at 8,600. I would much, like, I think Chris Kirk, I would pay, I mean, I think he should be in the Charlie Hoffman, Cam Tringali category. Like, I would, I, th- I definitely think head-to-head, no pricing, no nothing, I would take Chris Kirk over Hoffman and Tringali easily. I would put him right there. I actually agree with him over Tringali. I don't know if I agree with you on on Hoffman. Yeah, I would put him right there in the Arnold Palmer Connors category for sure. Below those guys, but right there. I, I love I love the way he's playing right now and I, I think he's he's confident. And then I'm gonna give you a name that uh, you know, uh I don't think you I don't think uh I don't know. I'm I'm gonna play a little Aaron Wise at eight thousand. I'm gonna play a little Aaron Wise. Um normally don't don't get all over Aaron Wise, but I, I liked what I saw out of him last time, last event, uh, where he finished 13th at the Honda. Didn't do so well at the players, whatever. But uh, I like Aaron Wise. He missed the cut here in his only attempt. You know, he's checking the ball striking boxes. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Aaron Wise that week, this, this week. Okay. Did you say who your fade was? No. Uh, my fade is Adam Hadwin. His record here is terrible. His approach numbers mm-hmm. are also terrible. Don't like the value uh, for Adam. Adam Howe. I don't like the price. Just think he's overpriced. So I just, I just don't, I just don't like him. Again, again, I just don't like him. I don't like the value. <laughs> Did you catch my Aaron Wise pick though? I think that's going to be a really good pick. Ugh, had one. That's t- that's a terrible pick. I know. It's, that's why I faded. That's so it. bad. That's exactly why I faded. No, I mean that's a terrible fade. That's what I'm saying. That's a terrible fade. Had one. Great positive. Okay, so you like had one. Yeah, I like Hadwin. I think he's a good play this you week. You want to make a Hadwin bet? 
Yeah, I do. No, here's what we should do. Ben, Ben had a good idea. All right, here's the bet. We each pick one player in the 8K range that we. Okay. What What do you say? We each pick one player. Let me Let me Let me pull it up here. Let's see. We each pick one player. Our least favorite player in the 8K range. Whoever finishes, whoever uh, whoever guy whoever guy does the best, that guy loses. So pick your least favorite player in the 8K range. Mine. I mean. Uh. Oh. Jeez. Um. I'll go with Cam Davis, even though he's a higher-priced 8K game. That, that, that's a risky play, but I'll go with Cam Davis. He's my least favorite in the 8K range. Well, see, like a true match play genius, I let you, I let you kind of, you know, go first here and shit all over yourself, so that I can, I can make a much better pick because I, I cannot believe you'd pick a player as solid as Cam Davis to do this with. So now I don't have mm, to be as he's going to miss the cut. Now I don't have to be as cute. Uh, I will actually, you know what? I will go with. I'm gonna go with Ricky Fowler. Actually, I think Ricky Fowler is going to spray it all over this place, and I don't think you can do that. So I'll take Ricky Fowler. So mm. what's our bet? I actually like this. Does, I like this. Does I producer, like Ricky over Cam. Does producer Sam have, a, uh, have an idea? Maybe put it in the chat. Maybe people should put it in the chat. What should our penalty be on the Master Show next week? How about we do that? Yeah. Speaking of the Master Show, DB, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff we got going on for the Master Show. Um, it is going to be a big week. As always, we're going to have two shows we're going to have the DraftKings show or dfs show i should say and then we're going to have uh, the betting show also it is all going to come out early next week too it's not going to be uh you know monday nights tuesday mornings like normal because we've got pricing and everything early we will have it out we're going to do it live on sunday night and then uh we'll have it out monday in podcast form or whatever okay i don't do that part so db might have to clarify there but it'll be uh, out sunday night It'll be out late Sunday night. Yeah, so there you go. And by the way, let me talk about something cool that we got going on with Monkey Knife Fight, DB, okay? We got a little, we got a little joint venture with Monkey Knife Fight, okay? So uh, we've teamed up with them for an exclusive offer to the Nut Hut. Yes, you can get two free months of the Nut Hut, which is the greatest thing on planet Earth, Yes, basically. Okay, uh, if you go to playmkf.com slash nuthut, that is playmkf.com slash nuthut, enter the code Tour Junkies, and you're going to get two free months of Nuthut access. And now that's going to be, um, you know, as long as you use that promo code, $50 is what you're going to have to deposit there. And um, you're going to get an instant match of a certain amount. I think it's fifty dollars, <laughs> and uh, and then you got to play a game. You got to play a game. You can't just you know sit you get, on it. You got to play ten dollars. You got to play ten dollars, and you're going to get two free months of access to the Nut Hut. Let me tell you why that's special. Okay, not only is the Nut Hut special, but if you get the next two months free, that means you're getting the Masters. You're getting the PGA Championship. They're all going to be in the next couple months. Okay. So that's two big tournaments that you're going to get special access to the Nut Hut for free. So if you go to playmkf.com slash Nut Hut, use the promo code Tour Junkies. Within, I think, 48 hours or so, maybe longer, you're going to get a link to join the Nut Hut. And um, we'll see how that goes. Should go well. I think it will. 
Pat has made it through his final ad read. Great job, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now let's get into the 7K range. And DB, I'm going to let you start while I drink some more beer. Great, great. Uh, I'm going to make this snappy. I'm going to go with the course history guy here because I think his game is coming around, and that's Ryan Moore. He's finished 18th, 7th, and 3rd in his last three attempts here. And, uh, you know, T35 at the players I think was a big deal for him. He did miss the cut the following week at the Honda. But uh, I think the game's coming around for Ryan Moore. This place is a little better suited for him. I like him at 79. Hunch. And then I'm going to go I'm gonna go a little bit off the grid here with this one. Uh, not a name that I typically say very often. He did miss the cut last time we saw him out at the players. Uh, I'm going to go with Burned Weisberger at 7,200. We talked about how windy Ooh. this event okay. was, was looking to set up and, and looking to be. Now, Burned Weisberger, 7,200, you get a good little discount. He's probably going to be sub 5% owned, okay? Um, good win player, and he's a, he's a multi-time European Tour winner. The guy, the guy can win. He knows how to win. He knows how to close the door. 39th in strokes gained approach in this field. 11th in strokes gained around the green. It all comes down to the tee ball for Mr. Burned. So hopefully he can keep it in the short stuff. But I think that's a good GPP pivot in that range. I think there's going to be folks drawn to Doug Gim and Matt Naismith, KH Lee, which are all names I like. But I think Burned in a big GPP could give you some leverage. And then um, there's a lot of names in here that I do like. I mean, I like the Matt Naismith right there at 7,100, so I'll, I'll give you two cheapies. I do like the approach play for, for Naismith. Um, I, I don't, yeah, I, I just think the kids, the kids are really, really talented. So 36 at the Honda was the last time we saw him out, but he's had a good little run so far in 2021, a couple of hiccups at the players, the uh, API, but uh, he's a ball-striking son of a gun. Matt Naismith, the South Carolina product, good kid. Uh, hits it a good, you know, hits a pure AF. So I'll go with Ryan Moore, Burn Weisberger, Matt Naismith. There's a bunch of them in here that I'm sure we'll be talking about in the Nut Hut on Wednesday night's chat. My fade is going to be Gary Woodland. I know you're all shocked. Um, 7,600. <laughs> I, I guess there's not injury concerns, but for me, there's still like some lingering injury concern there. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest reason is he's clearly here to find form coming into Augusta. That's why he's here. I went back and looked. If you look at the last eight major championships and the players' championships, the last eight, only one time in those last eight events did he play the event the week before. He's typically not a play-the-week-before kind of guy. Only one time he did that, and it was because it was a WGC preceding a major. This is not something he typically does. He is clearly here to find form peak at the right time i don't know but he's he's not found anything lately um other than the trunk of his car on a friday afternoon putting his clubs in it so i think i'm out on woodland i, I think i'll wait on him okay all right that's very bold of you db good job there um all right <laughs> i'm gonna start with charles howell it's 7800 i like him this week look charles was kind of um I don't know what the hell was wrong with him. Uh, when you, when he usually has like a great West Coast swing, um, but you know what? It, it hadn't been all that good. But if you look at his recent form, it's been pretty good. T28 last week at Corrales, top 10 at the Players' Championship, T36 at Arnold Palmer, which I think is pretty good for you know a tough field and a tough event. Um, and then if you look at his stats lately, they have improved over his 20, last 24 rounds. He's 40th in the field in ball striking, top 10 off the tee, 
top 26 in greens and regulation. I think Charles Howell, is his game is coming around. He's another guy that's not in the field for the Masters. Who knows? Could get a win. That comes. That's rare for Charles Howell, but you know, you never know. Uh, he could give it a run here trying to get into his hometown event. So at 7,800, I do like Charles Howell. And then I'm a fan of my boy Sam Ryder. 7,400, like another guy. He's feeling himself playing. right now. He's wearing neon pants and stuff. Yeah. He's I mean, feeling himself. He's, yeah. I like, I like some Sam Ryder. I mean, across the board, almost every stat you look at, he is checking boxes. Ball striking, approach, off the tee, driving accuracy. He's top five in the field in both greens and regulation and par five scoring. So Sam Ryder at 7,400 with good form and everything. I like him. And then I'm going with another, uh, another guy that I wouldn't say he's necessarily a Texas guy, but he did go to school in Texas. And that is Harry Higgs at 7,100. I like him this week. I think he could just, uh, you know, we could, I could see him having a, a good tournament here. Okay. Uh, we've seen some decent form out of Harry Higgs lately. Uh, and, it, you know, look, it's Harry Higgs. He's just an incredible guy. Hmm. And that's why I want to take him. Gross I think he's stylish. Guy. I think he's stylish in the way he dresses. <laughs> and like me, Yikes. being very stylish in the way I dress, that's why I want to take him. Okay. Oh, okay. It's just like here. I'm a big fan of Brooks Kepka and his joggers and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So, um, okay. Anyway, and my fade this week is going to be Danny Willett. Don't hmm. like Danny Willett. I, you know, I know he's top 10 last week. He gave it a run. Yeah. And I actually kind of liked him a little bit last week. And uh, he's trying to find a little form as well, kind of like Gary Woodland going into the Masters. And he has played better. Um, but look, if you look at the stats, nothing looks good. He's 86 in ball striking. He's 120th in the field in strokes gained approach, 102nd in driving accuracy. About the only thing he has done pretty well lately is uh, R5 scoring. He's 12th in the field there. But I'm not a big fan of Danny Willett at 7,700, so he will be my fade this week. DV, you look like you wanted to say something. I'll let you say something real quick, and then I'll cut you off. Uh, hey, Pat, uh, again, I have, uh, again, nothing to, nothing to say. Okay. All right. Yes. DB, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> now let's talk about the ah! 6k range going down to the 6k range. We got a lot of guys here, uh, as we always do. And, uh, I'm going to start here. I'm going to go really fast so we can finish up this, this, this finish up this show. But I was going to say Roger Sloan and that's why the S has got all taken up. You know, I like Roger taken up in my brain. Brain capacity. There are a lot of S's, show Sloan, but I like Sloan. The guy's been freaking phenomenal lately. Top 25 in his last three starts. And then he's Windy. also checking a lot of boxes. Windy 16th starts. 16th in ball. Six, what did you just say? They're very windy starts. Playing, playing well in yeah. the wind. 16th in ball striking, 15th in approach. He is number one in the field in greens and regulation. Roger Sloan, I think, is a is definitely in play at sixty seven hundred. And then our boy, Taco Supreme, Oof. Will Gordon. Now, Oof. if you not if you don't know why he's called Taco Supreme, maybe you should be in the Nut Hut. Will Gordon is at sixty eight hundred. I like him. He's made his five his last five straight cuts. He checks the box off the tee, also in greens and regulation. I think that Will Gordon could have a great week this week, and I like the fact that he's coming in in good form with those five straight cuts. If you're looking at a guy in the 6K range, and he's got five straight cuts. That's good. 
I think he's that's good. That's what you want. You want to play that guy. And then um, my last guy at 6,800 also is Adam Schink. Okay. He's another guy coming in pretty good, decent form as well. You look at the stats for him. He is uh, 35th in the field in ball striking, 47th in approach, checks the box off the tee. And I believe he's got um, a decent history here as well. Um, let's see. T7 last year. That's pretty good. Top 10 last year in this event. And then a T58, his first year playing ever. Uh, so Adam Schink at 6,800. TV, who do you got? I love the Roger Sloan play. I uh, can't believe we both love so much Sloan. That's way too much Sloan than I ever I ever thought we would have. It's more than I can imagine. It's more than I ever thought we would do. A lot of Sloan. Six years, yeah. Uh, it's it's too much Sloan, honestly. I, I like, I'll go GMAC right there with him at 6,700, coming off the T4, had a chance to close it out, said after the round he's feeling good about his game, feeling good about where he's at. You got to think the old Wiley veteran like GMAC would love to get back to Augusta National with a win this week. If Andrew Landry can win here two years ago, I think GMAC can win here. You know, like it, it's not, he doesn't have to be super long. He's great in the wind. He's a good player. He's playing good right now. I think GMAC's in play for a cheap look. Uh, I like Vincent Whaley at 6,100. I've been talking about Vincent Whaley. Talked about him last week, finished 28th. He, he's a cheap option, but he's a, he's a high caliber young player um, coming off a T15 at Puerto Rico as well. T36 at the Honda, T28 at Corrales, $100 above minimum for Vincent Whaley. I think that's quite the play if uh, if you really want to go studs and duds or maybe you want to hammer like four of the 9K guys. You probably can't do that. But if you really want to you know, dip down in that low bottom bottom end, Vincent Whaley's got you covered. I think he's going to make a cut. I just I think, he's, I think he's riding high and he's confident right now. So there we go. That's it for me, Pat. That's it for me, bud. Okay, well, you know what? We got a couple things here before we close out, all right, uh, DB? Um, first off, I got to talk about the Nut Hut winner. I, did, I forgot to mention the Nut Hut winner, oh. and that It's like was... dropping the towel as a caddy. You drop the towel right, off, right in the beginning. Well, you know, we had Gino on the show, mm-hmm. and that kind of oh, threw yeah. me off. But at Matt L. Efops is his name. Uh, okay. on DraftKings. Okay. He was uh he had four hundred and seventy three and a half points. It was a one point victory in the nut hut. So remember, if you win a weekly prize or win the weekly contest, you get entered into the end of the year contest to win a trip to play golf with me and Savannah or David and Augusta or both of us in either place. You know, you can choose wherever. Um yeah. last but not least David, one of the things that people love about me, just one of them, is that I do this thing called pontificate with Pat, okay? And uh, it shows up on the uh, Tour Junkies Chalk Bomb email. If you haven't subscribed to the Chalk Bomb, go into the website, go down to the bottom. There's a place to to uh, sign up there somewhere. Just go in there and sign up. And uh, you have you know, never figured out how to tell people to subscribe to the talk. <laughs> it is always, literally yeah. on every it's on the page on our website. Bottom right. Just hand go corner. to the page and go, I just said that bottom of the page. At go in there page. and put your email in and sign up. Anyway, that is what people love about what I do in the chalk bomb email. But tonight, before we sign off. DB, you've got some pontificate thoughts, and uh, I'm ready to hear them. I got to say, I think this is really tough, okay? I I will give you this, Pat. I 
truly, from the bottom of my heart, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm being real here. From the bottom of my heart, I enjoy reading Pontificate with Pat in the Chalk Bomb. I may or may not scroll straight to it when I, get, when I see the emails done and I go and look at it. I frequently will text you, don't I? I will say, that was hilarious. Or oh, I'll yeah. say, hey, what, did you really think of that? Or <laughs> did you like pull that from somewhere? I frequently do that. I really enjoy Pontificate. So number one, it's, it feels like I can't live up to it. It really, it really feels like I can't live up to it. Number two, I think you would admit this. I feel like Pontificate plays better written than it does spoken. You yourself. It, it does. Yeah, you yourself have done a Pontificate with Pat segment multiple times at the end of the show, and it just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's something happens when you read it, and, you, and in your mind you go ahead and put Pat saying it a certain way, and then if he doesn't say it a certain way, it doesn't cross over well, so I already yeah, feel like and there's I'm no trying to explain yourself either. Like you write it yeah. and it's there, and then you That's can right. interpret it for however you want to, not like how it sounds. That's like, it. Like, you know, you like just, it sounds, it sounds in your own way how it's written. You don't know. I mean, or maybe you're thinking of how I would write it. Yeah. But I do agree with you there. It is, it is better written. But you're gonna, so you're you're behind the eight ball a little bit. I'm behind in, the eight this. ball. I'm what I'm doing is I'm setting myself up for this to be really lame. But I will say I have been keeping a note on my phone for weeks uh, as things have come to my mind, preparing for this. And um, this is what I got. A couple of these, or I'll, I'll go pretty quickly, and then I'll I'm gonna sit on one topic maybe for a minute. Um, I just found out recently that you can go to Zaxby's if you are in the South. You've been to Zaxby's, and it's amazing. And I, amazing. I do love getting the unhealthy food at Zaxby's. Uh, shout out Ben Little, Chalk Bomb Ben, uh, owner of many Zaxby's. Um, but I do really genuinely enjoy the buffalo blue chicken salad. And you can get fried buffalo fingers on the salad, crumbled blue cheese, ranch dressing. It's very, very good. I just learned, and I'm actually pretty pissed at Ben for this, because I should have, he should have told us, like, a couple of weeks after we met him and he said that he owns Zaxby's, he should have told us that this could happen. And look at Pat doing the phone thing again. Like, see, he can't, he can't stop it for one. No, I can do, I can do, listen, I'm used to this. I I've just learned that you can ask for an extra chicken finger on the salad. Like, you wait, can, you can roll what? up to the drive-thru and not be scoffed at or made fun of when you say, can I get the Buffalo blue chicken finger salad fried? with one extra finger, or you can ask for two. You can ask for two fingers. Do you pay for those extra fingers? You do pay for each extra finger, but I like it. You know, I like the protein side of the salad and to be able to do that. And just now realizing it is pretty game changing and they don't, they don't bat an eye. They just, Oh yes, sir. And then they just charge you what they charge you. And even on the ticket, it'll say extra finger. I think that's fantastic. And people, people need to know that. Um, I don't. Okay. I was wondering this, if you're a golfer at a PJ tour event, is there a rule that you can't pump up the crowd before your shot? Have you ever thought about that? Like, why does every other golf tournament, every other hole shut up before you hit other than 16 at waste management? But what if you're a golfer, like, that you felt like you thrived off of that, you know? And, like, maybe it would rattle your opponent a little bit. What if I wanted to make the choice? You know, 2021 is all about making choices, Pat. It's all about your personal choice and what, what feels good to you, right? And what feels good to me might not feel good to you, but that's okay. That's, how, that's what feels good to me, and you have to deal with it. So if I'm playing you in a match, and before I hit my tee shot, 
I want everybody pumped up, you know. I, I want you lit, hollering, screaming while I hit the ball. Like, not after, but while it's happening. I'm going to stir you up. And then, after I'm done, you, you're going to hush for a minute. But what if that really got into the head of my opponent? Like, what if that was a thing? Why wouldn't it be a thing? Well, I think there's certain golf etiquette, you know, rules that, like, happen, like, in general. So, like, I think it would it would depend on the event and then, like... But see, what if a golf... But, what if a golfer tried to like be a, a trailblazer and start that? Like, what if tomorrow on the first tee, Joel looked around and said, "Hey, you know what? Every tee shot today, I want you to get it up. Let's go. Let's go. Turn it up. Crank it up. Let's go." And he stepped up and hit it. What's I mean, I don't. Mind, do? I like this thought. I, I like this thought. I mean, I think that it would be fun, but I just don't know how it would go. Produce. Uh, who do you think? Who do you think would be most likely to do that? I, I think to, Joel to is one. I, I think Joel, Joel would be one. Is definitely one. I mean, you know who else would do it? I bet Bubba would do it. I think Bubba, Bubba would Watson do would. Do I it. think Ricky would do it. I think Ricky eats it up at, at uh, waste management. I think there's more guys than you think that would do it, especially if you started to see that it did kind of get to people. Like that would get to Patrick Cantlay. I can tell you that right now. All yeah. the dancing he does and all the set, like uh, that would just get to him. Even if they had shushed the, but they're still like, I just think that could rattle some folks, man. Well, uh, you know, your boy Bryson would do it for sure. He would do it. All right. Moving on. Okay. All right. You one. always All right. do stuff about grocery stores. You know, you and I, now this is yeah. something we both yeah. share, we, we have in common, is actually we both do the grocery store shopping in our households. Say what you will, it's what happens, okay? It's maybe a control thing for me. I don't know what it's, it is for me. For it's a control thing, too. It is for me. I like yeah. to be in control of the grocery store trips. I do, too. So I, I go once a week. Pat goes once a day. I go once a week. Um, <laughs> That's but there's a, I made a few observations about grocery stores. Some of these are just quick hitters. I have never in my life said anything other than, yep, sure did, when they ask you, did you find everything you needed? I've never said anything other than yes, even though there have been definite times I have not found everything I've needed. Why, I like this one. Why yeah, do we, and you, there, there was a time when you, 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 you told them you found everything you wanted, and, and you were looking for something, you didn't find it. It, it. it happened two weeks ago. This is what came up. My wife's, you know how the wives will ask you to get what some, something freaking rant. She asked me for edamame already out of the little pod, the little shell. Which, oh, they have that at Publix. Which I think yeah, is they stupid. Have I know where to find it. The reason I know where to you find get that. it in the shell is because you put butter on it and sea salt. and that, you Yeah, take exactly. Down. Getting it out of the shell is stupid. I, they come in, actually, if you do it, they, get, they come in individually wrapped packs, not like a big one. So that's, how you, that's why you didn't see it. I couldn't find it anywhere. But when I got to the link, yeah. she, did you find everything you needed today? Oh, yeah. Even though my wife's going to be mad that I didn't find it. Yeah, I did. I told her, yes. Mm. Um, do you, I do this. I sometimes go down every aisle, even though I don't have to, in case I miss something or they possibly have added something new. Uh, no. Oh, you, you don't. don't Okay. Now, the only time I don't do that is, do you ever feel like when you enter the store with someone or a couple of people at the same time, you both walk in there together, you converge, you both get a cart, okay? Now, I'm not talking somebody grabs a little little basket, you grab a cart. You, you and at least one other person, maybe a group of people, grab a cart at the same time. Do you feel like we're kind of in this together? Um, or, or because we're starting at the same time, like it's a little bit of a race. Like I'm going to be more efficient than you in knocking this whole thing out. When that happens... I do find myself like pausing, thinking about what's down that aisle, going to skipping. And every time I skip a line, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like I have this internal competition with myself 
with people that I entered the store with. Am I the only one? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have that thought okay. ever when I God. go into the. Now I can understand it. That's the competitive side of you, I guess. But uh, no, because like then if you walk into the scene, so like let's just say the deli counter is one of the first counters they can get to, and you walk in with that person and they go to the deli counter, like you immediately count that as a win. I'm sure because you know they're going to be at the deli counter forever. And, and yeah, then, so yeah. you've got them. You've true. got them by at least ten or fifteen minutes already. That's true. Um, all right, last one for me. You know, I thought about some of the guys in the Nut Hut, and there's some there's some sad folks in the Nut Hut. There's a lot of single middle aged guys at the Nut Hut, you know. And and I was thinking maybe if you were single middle aged, I was going to help you out because if you're single, you're going to the grocery store, you're probably hitting the frozen pizza and beer aisle, and that's probably it. And you're a sad person. Um, but so I was thinking about if you were that guy, what aisle would you hang out on to kind of meet a lady? You know what I mean? Like to meet a good quality lady. Cause there's good quality ladies that go grocery shopping that may be single. So I kind of am thinking like, what's the, what's the, uh, you know, what's the, the aisle that you think you would have the, the most success meeting a lady? I think it's coffee aisle. I think it's the coffee aisle. I think all women love coffee. Even those that don't love coffee, they still buy coffee because that's what you're supposed to do. You're, you're supposed to buy coffee. Uh, you're supposed to drink coffee if you're a female. So I think if you, are a, if you are hanging out on the coffee aisle, that's a good thing. Not the milk aisle because milk means she's probably got kids. Because most middle-aged women don't drink milk, you know? So if you're trying to get one without kids, you avoid the milk aisle because kids drink a lot of milk. But if you're trying to get one without milk, you, you stay, you know, or with milk, you, go the, you can go to the milk aisle if you want, if you want kids. Um, not the produce. The produce section is way too busy. There's too many people going on, and there's too many different traffic patterns. You know, you could be trying to like, oh, I'm going to cross paths at the pomegranate, but then she takes a right at the, you know, at the broccoli. And it goes this way, and because there's so many different options, you get lost. You got to have it on a single aisle so that you can plan the the cross pass, and then you and then you deliver whatever line it is that you're going to deliver. So I think that is no. the coffee aisle. Mm. Nope. No, I think it's got to be somewhere. In why the, is producer Sam health? telling me to be careful? I don't understand. What? I don't. I don't understand why he's telling you to be careful. <laughs> although he might be telling you because he knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> But I'm just going to say that I think it's got to be in a healthy like food section, especially maybe organic, but then also no. like the vegetables and stuff like that, or like a kumquat. Like if you go in there and you're buying a kumquat, <laughs> like that lady's probably sitting there thinking, all right, what does this guy? I don't know what know? that is. What? I don't even know what that like, is. Have you ever bought one? I, I'm just saying. But just let Sam, me can you find point. a picture of a kumquat? Let me. Let me finish my point. If you're going and buying a kumquat, I feel like that lady is saying, all right, what does this guy know how to do with a kumquat? I mean, like, what what can he make with a kumquat? And it's it like, so she's, she's probably like, all kinds of I mean, he he knows what he's doing with that, okay? And then he's in the, fre- in, in the fresh vegetable section. What is he, he doing And he grabs it. I've never, I don't know what people, what... I have a lot of questions we're going to have to talk about offline here, Pat. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think organic is dangerous because organic chicks can be weird. 
I mean, I'm just going to tell you, organic chicks can be weird. Next thing you know, she's got you like huffing oxygen at an oxygen bar. Whoa, that's a kumquat? No way. Yeah, look at that. You're creating some good stuff with that. That's an orange. Well, either way, look. Now, it also depends on that the, the, the age that we're going after. Like, if we're going after cougars, it could be a whole different thing than if we're going after, like, younger people. Okay. Oh, I think Mark's on to something. Stand by the pineapple, he says in the in the YouTube chats. I think that's I yeah. think that's there's something to that. Publix, my Publix now has a new pineapple machine slicer. Have you seen that? You drop a pineapple Ooh, in there, you hit a button, and you drop a, like a full, you know, one that's got all the prickly things on it. You drop it in there and it cuts it and slices it fresh for you. All right, we got it. We got ahead. We got Okay, ahead. we got to go cuz old this is old Sam off the rails. All right. So, um Okay, all right, that's all we got for the DFS show for the Valero Texas Open. Thank you for joining us. I am Pat Perry, again, your lovely host, DB. That's all I got this week. See ya! Oh!